Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. Well, just as health officials said, we're really doing well with vaccinations, wouldn't you know it? A never-before strain in the U.S. pops up. We'll tell you what that's all about. So, yes, it is a race to vaccinate. We're moving along very well in that regard right now. New Yorkers 16 and up can now get the vaccine. As a pediatrician, I am very pleased. I'm Marla Diamond in New Hyde Park. And not so fast in New Jersey, though. Hopeful signs the tide is turning against COVID in Connecticut. There will be outdoor parades, that there will be uh, outdoor graduations. I'm Sean Adams outside Stanford Hospital. And what are companies doing? Joe Connolly says some are now trying optional returns. Back to the office, we'll hear from him. How does Ken Burns do it with one great documentary after another? We're gonna talk with Ken Burns about his latest. And Brad? An eighth-inning mess for the Mets on opening night. Wide throw, and it goes to the backstop. The Phillies take the lead. The Yankees win, and Baylor is the national champion. This is Brad Heller. The WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. A deeper dive into the stories you need to start your day with fewer commercials. You will not need a winter coat to start your day, that's for sure. It's a beautiful day today. It's going to be up to 70 for most of the area with lots and lots of sunshine. We're in the 40s right now throughout the New York metro area on this Tuesday morning. And good morning, I'm Wayne Cabot. There is reason to feel good and reason not to. As vaccinations rise and the virus emerges in new ways. A new double mutant coronavirus strain which is believed to be behind a surge of cases in India, has now been discovered in San Francisco. It's thought to be the first time this variant has been detected in the U.S. Dr. Rochelle Walensky says her agency, the CDC, is monitoring several variants that are more highly transmissible. She says cases have been rising for the past four weeks now. That is certainly of concern to her. And this weekend, we saw the U.S. with the lowest COVID-19 deaths in more than a year, which would be very good news, of course, except... New cases on Monday rose sharply. It is likely that the weekend drop was just because of the underreporting over Easter. Still, Dr. Walensky says at the rate we are vaccinating, we can beat this. And New York joins Connecticut and a lot of other states today in making 16 the magic number to sign up for vaccinations. Marla Diamond is here with what we should know about that. And Marla, teens cannot get certain vaccines, right? That is true. In this dramatic expansion of New York's eligibility pool, now an estimated 16 million New Yorkers can make appointments. But if you're booking an appointment for a 16 or 17 year old, they can only receive the Pfizer vaccine. The Moderna and J&J shots have not been approved for this age group. Dr. Christina Johns, the senior medical advisor at PM Pediatrics, says the vaccine is safe and effective for adolescents and recommends it to her patients. We're very, very encouraged um, by uh, what we have seen so far. This age group doing very well in terms of not having significant um, serious uh, adverse events, allergic reactions, any of that. It appears to be safe and effective. 
Later this morning, three teenagers will receive the vaccine in front of the media here at Northwell Health in New Hyde Park. It's a race to get shots in arms for the younger set as new variants of the virus infect more in this younger age group once thought to be safe from serious infection. Wayne? And Marlin, New Jersey is still a couple of weeks away from opening up vaccinations to everybody over 16. And while that date was moved up from May 1st, we're not sure why New Jersey has been so slow in opening up its eligibility. Steve Burns heard from Governor Phil Murphy. The governor says there will still be a supply-demand imbalance. Appointments may still be tough to come by, but more shots are coming in. New Jersey just opened up to those 55 and up this week, along with those in higher education, libraries, IT, and people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Let's keep it going just a little bit longer. Get vaccinated as soon as you're eligible, and today thousands more have entered the queue. He says about 99% of New Jerseyans live within five miles of a vaccine distribution site. Still not sure why New Jersey's been so slow, though, in ramping up the eligibility of uh, COVID vaccinations. And because Connecticut has a rate of vaccination among the highest in the country, the governor there is really brimming with optimism. Sean Adams is in Stanford with what Ned Lamont sees in our very near future. Sean. Prepare the cap and gown, ready the floats. As more Connecticut residents get their COVID shot, Governor Lamont predicts pretty soon. There will be outdoor parades, that there will be uh, outdoor graduations, and even uh, indoor graduations wearing the mask if there's inclement weather. I know that's important to a lot of you as you want to plan ahead. Plan on it. So you're going to have to wait another week, though, for a decision about prompts. Former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb believes this month could be the tipping point. We're going to have more opportunity to lean forward. I think that you're going to see, hopefully, a situation um, over the course of this month where you really start to see cases decline, hospitalizations decline more dramatically. As the vaccination effort picks up steam, so far at least one dose has been administered to 67% of the population 45 and up, 45% of everyone 16 and up. Next, look for mobile teams hitting the streets. Think of them as ice cream trucks with vaccine. Wayne? I like the sound of that. Thank you, Sean. And with so many people getting their shots, you wonder if people will feel better going into offices, if employers will make people come into offices, if they're going to continue with some sort of work from home or hybrid thing. Uh, Joe Connolly is here with that big money story this morning. And I guess, uh, Joe, for some, it's going to be optional, isn't it? For now, yes. Google is accelerating its initial estimate of reopening by September, and Google says its New York offices will be open to employees on an optional basis starting sometime this month. Crane's New York business says this will be watched closely by building owners and employees. Ellen Baer of the Business District for Hudson Square, where Google's building a new billion-dollar campus in West Soho, says if Googlers come back and enjoy it, others will follow. Alma Technology for Mental Health Providers, which has offices in the Flatiron and downtown Brooklyn, and Electric IT Support, based in Lower Manhattan, have both been open optionally, but few employees have come in so far anyway. They expect that'll increase some this summer as more people are vaccinated. Privacy.com digital debit cards in the financial district has doubled its staff from 30 to 60 during the pandemic with few employees in the office, but they've still grown so much they may look for a larger office for collaboration, even though working in the office will still not be required. A widely reported survey by Microsoft says most employees overwhelmingly want 
flexible work options, but almost all of them also want some form of in-person collaboration, too, once it is safe. Wayne? Yep, there are benefits to both. No doubt about that. Joe, thank you. We're watching a situation again this morning in Florida where workers are pumping millions of gallons of bad water, wastewater, from a wastewater reservoir that has a damaged uh, breached wall into the Tampa Bay ecosystem. Not ideal, but apparently necessary to keep this thing from collapsing. If that happened, it would harm the health of people downstream. A lot of them, they've evacuated homes. What about the rest of the toxic ponds that dot Florida? CBS's Janet Chamley and says there are many. Environmental activist Brooks Armstrong says the plants and containment ponds are often in low-income areas. The people don't have a lot of choices. If, you know, like, oh, I'm going to sell my house and move out. That might not be an option. There are some two dozen retention ponds, just like Piney Point, all across Florida. They've got about a billion gallons of toxic water in them. And right now, there is no real plan with how to deal with them. Uh, There were reports yesterday of a second breach in that one system there at Piney, but apparently that is not the case. They're now saying that that was uh, over-dramatized and things are going to be okay, as okay as they are. Ken Burns, an amazing documentarian, spoke with Steve Scott. We're going to hear about his latest venture coming up next. Now the weather day ahead, the WCBS Exergen forecast. And here's Chief Meteorologist Craig Allen. Keep them coming like yesterday, Craig. That's right. And uh, even better today is the fact that the wind won't be as strong for the afternoon. Yeah, we'll have gusts over 20 miles per hour, but not 30, 35, and 40. So sunny and very pleasant. It'll also be very dry today with highs close to 70 degrees. So the brush fire danger and and the ability to spread is still high. Partly cloudy tonight, just a chance of a sprinkle. Lows tonight in the mid-40s. Tomorrow, back to mostly sunny and a high of 65 to 70. And Thursday is dry as well. Sun mixing with clouds. Middle 60s for Thursday. Temperatures are in the 30s well inland. It is 48 in the city, though. Humidity just 35%. Northwest wind, 12 miles per hour. The WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. What is Ken Burns up to? And whatever he does is always amazing. And Hemingway is the latest documentary from filmmakers Ken Burns and Lynn Novick. Premiered last night on PBS. It'll be on again tonight and again tomorrow. And Steve Scott is here. And you got to speak with Ken Burns. Wayne, I did. And the obvious first question for Ken was, why profile Ernest Hemingway? We really, really were anxious to get beyond the mythology, the macho, you know, deep-sea fisherman, big-game hunter, bullfighter, uh, aficionado, uh, outdoorsman, brawler, you know, bon vivant, womanizer, all of that, which is, he did, and all of that's true. But he helped construct an elaborate myth to protect himself, he thought, it actually squeezed him down to nothing, and to protect the rest of us from his own vulnerability, his own anxiety, his own empathy. And when you understand the sort of huge pile of pathologies that build up uh, in the course of his life that contribute to his early death, it becomes a kind of tragedy of a Shakespearean proportion, which is so interesting because of his influence on our literature. No one asked me for a review, Wayne, but I really think this is one of Ken Burns' best works. The storytelling about this tragic, complicated figure, Ernest Hemingway, is just fantastic. My full conversation with Ken is at WCBS880.com. And by the way, Everyone always wants to know, okay, what's next from Ken Burns? It's an eight-hour profile of Muhammad Ali, expected out in September. 
Well, I know Ken Burns loves baseball. Are you sure he's not going to do a 10-part series on the New York Mets? <laughs> well, after last night, I don't know. Brad Heller's here about the uh, familiar start to a Mets season. Brad? Hey, Wayne. Good morning. Jacob deGrom left after six innings in Philadelphia last night. Mets are up 2-0, but the Phillies scored five runs in the bottom of the eighth. The go-ahead run scoring on a throwing error by third baseman Luis Guillorme. And the Phillies win it 5-3. to three. It's the 31st time DeGrom has seen a chance to win, disappear after leaving the game. The goal is to keep us in the game and give us a chance to win. And, you know, the unfortunate, a couple unfortunate things happened there in the eighth and then had the tying and go-ahead go run come up to the plate. So uh, we were still in it. You know, Pete just missed that ball. So, um, you know, this one got away from us. Yeah, Pete Alonso will fly out to deep right field with two on to end the game. The Yankees got home runs from Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Stanton a grand slam and a 7 nothing win over the Orioles in the Bronx. Jordan Montgomery Wayne was great. Six innings. He gave up just four hits. Well, Gonzaga's perfect season ends with a thud in the national championship game. Yeah, I don't know who saw this coming. Total domination by Baylor last night in Indianapolis. The Bears never trailed. They blew out Gonzaga 86-70, to their first national championship in men's basketball. Gonzaga was also looking for its first title and was trying to become the first undefeated champ since Indiana in 1976. They had the nation's best offense all season, scored that season-low 70 points. Jared Butler for Baylor, the most outstanding player, he scored 22 points. The Nets edged the Knicks in a good one in Brooklyn, 114-112. Julius Randle. Missed a chance to tie at the buzzer as the Knicks blew a 13-point second-half lead. Concern from James Harden, though. He played just four minutes before leaving with more hamstring tightness. And the big trade in the NFL, the Jets moving on from Sam Darnold, sending him to the Carolina Panthers for three draft picks. One this year, a sixth-rounder, and two next year, a second and a fourth-rounder. So it paves the way for the Jets to take a quarterback with the number 2 overall pick later this month. Yep, next year will be the year. Just like last year. <laughs> Sponsored by Dell. Dell Tech Advisors focus on you to offer powered solutions. Intel V Pro Platform. Keep your small business ready. 877-ASK-DELL. You got the morning news roundup on your radio, on your phone, computer. As a download, it's here every morning. WCBS Morning News Roundup. Three things to know. Coca-Cola's condemnation of Georgia's voter suppression law is getting blowback from the state's Republican caucus with the GOP lawmakers now telling the vendors to remove all the Coke beverages from its offices. Second thing, a teacher in Texas made 14- and 15-year-old students watch the video of George Floyd's death so they could act as jurors in the case and told them, do not tell anybody about the assignment for six weeks. Well, parents found out, complained about what they said was triggering image for their kids. The school says this has now been addressed with the teacher and the lesson has been removed. Third thing, the Norwegian Cruise Line is asking the CDC to lift its no-sail order and let it resume sailing from the U.S. ports on July 4th with a requirement that all on board be vaxxed up at least two weeks before the trip. The CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, is advising against that. As she puts it, general travel overall should not be going on now, given the rising number of infections. From our news archives, let's listen to 88 Seconds in Sound for this date, April 6th. The curve is flattening. 2020. But this is no time to spike any footballs or to take our foot off the gas. Governor Murphy reports New Jersey COVID deaths have hit 1,000. In New York, Governor Cuomo threatens to fine COVID non-compliers. We want the compliance. We are serious. And across the pond. We've just gotten word that British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been moved to intensive care at a London hospital. His office says he is conscious and does not yet require ventilation. 
1994, the Chuck Jones trial in New York, the publicist for Marla Maples, wife of Donald Trump. Maples kept losing her shoes and thought she was losing her mind. I called her Imelda Marcus. I said, nobody can use this many shoes. And she's not a clothes hog. You know, it's very interesting. But I got very angry at her a number of times. I said, how could you be using all these shoes? And she said, somebody's stealing my shoes. Trump security installed a spy cam, and it found Chuck Jones of Greenwich prowling around her apartment. And in Jones' office, Trump security men found 70 pairs of her shoes. At first, Jones said the former beauty queen gave them to him for his wife. And while he admitted to his shoe fetish, he fought the burglary charge in a trial that uncovered sordid details that kept New Yorkers morbidly fascinated and even spawned a popular podcast in 2020 called Healed. On this date, the Manhattan Supreme Court jury convicted Chuck Jones. The prosecutor did such a good job securing a conviction that Donald Trump offered him a job. He declined. And in the Wayback Archives on this date, Teflon was discovered in New Jersey by a researcher working for DuPont. That was 1938. And a sound of New York City went away on this date when the city ended trolley car service in 1957. This is the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup, a daily download of the news you need to start your day on air and delivered to your phone and computer for on-demand listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.